What's good, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Skates and Plates on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brandon Rewicki, and guys, what a past week it's been for me. And that's because on Friday, December the 4th at 10.45 a.m., I became a dad. Yep, I'm a papi now. Me and my wife welcomed in little Sophie Fleur Rewicki into the world. She's just the most precious little thing on the entire planet. So it's it's been a pretty crazy couple of days. I, I barely even know what time or day of the week it is anymore. You know, the one thing that actually kind of scared me a little bit about parenthood was everyone saying, oh, I'll get used to not having sleep for the rest of your life and all that, trying to scare me. Well, it turns out you're 100% right. <laughs> it's been a little light on sleep lately. So if you want to send a case of sugar-free Red Bulls, maybe some coffee over, uh, it would help a brother out. I'm kidding, obviously. I'm, I'm actually not kidding, but please don't don't go to all that trouble just to help me out here. I'll be just fine. Um, but I do want to quickly thank everyone, my family, my friends, all the listeners for just the overwhelming support we've received. I mean, you guys are just the absolute best, and it's just been great. I mean, baby's happy and healthy. Mom's happy and healthy. I'm doing good as well for anybody that's wondering out there. I mean... I'm a little tired after doing most of the work in the delivery room, but pretty good. I don't think my wife's going to like that one. <laughs> She's not going to like that joke, but we'll leave it in there. It's all good. All right. So for today's episode, later on, we're going to talk with another member of the food scene here in Winnipeg. And you might know him. His name is Chris Graves. He's the owner of the King's Head, the iconic pub downtown. And it's a pretty amazing story. What's gone on with the King's Head over the last few months. So we'll get into that. Plus two other things with Chris. One, there's something available for takeout that I've never seen in my life. I find out what that's all about. And two, we get to hear a big buff story down at the bar. So I know everybody would love to hear something about that. That's going to come down in about 10 minutes time. Uh, but first, every Friday moving forward, we're going to do a little mailbag to kick off the show. So I mentioned before that I'll read your tweets, you know, mention your Twitter account, I'll read your comments, emails, everything you send my way. I'll break it down each week a little bit further to kick off Friday's show so I can help connect with all you beautiful listeners out there. And, and you guys had some beauties right out of the gate as well, uh, mainly on my forward rankings, which saw the Jets come in at ninth in the NHL, as well as my lineup idea of Blake Wheeler being the full-time second-line center on the Jets. You guys actually didn't think I was crazy, so now I wonder if you're a little bit cuckoo. But let's get into the comments now. I will start off. This is actually my favorite. Anytime that whether it's on, you know, the big show on TSN 1290 or or just when I'm talking with friends or whoever it may be. But when you bring up something about the Jets and you get two comments right out of the gate that are polar opposites of each other. And that's what happened with literally the first two comments that I got about the Jets forward rankings. Joe Roberts comes out of the gate and says Jets at nine too high. The Jets window was closed until further notice while Darren Ross says the Jets absolutely have a top three forward group. The problem is how they are put together, deployed, and the systems they play that keeps them from proving this. For being the only group to sport five 20 goal scorers last year, they sure fly under the radar. So how about that right out of the gate? I, I, I just think it's great. To me, that's the perfect sweet spot. When half the people think you're way too optimistic and the other half are like, why are you so hard on us? But to get into Darren's comment there, absolutely a top three forward group. 
I love the optimism, man, but I don't know if I envision a way that that's possible with this team as, as it's situated right now, unless some moves are made before the season starts. I mean, Tampa Bay is the clear front runner here. I don't think anyone's touching them. To me, the top three are Tampa Bay, Colorado, Boston, and whatever order you want. Now, the Jets have a ton of skill, but <laughs> the main problem we've seen for the past two seasons is pretty obvious, right, guys? They don't play defense, or at least three players in their top six do not want to play defense at all, it seems like. And those three were some of the worst defensive forwards in the NHL last year, combined with the bottom six. That, that That's good, but still has some question marks. I'm not going to give a top three just yet. I kind of thought I was being a little bit optimistic putting them at number nine. But we'll get to the rest of your comments and see what you guys had to say. Next, we had at Hockey Rock Beer. Nice. He says, hard to say, but depends on how you rank them. You have the Leafs ranked pretty high, considering they just traded 220 goal scorers to save some money. So, Hockey Rock Beer, I ranked the forwards just on going into this season. You know, which forward core would you most want for that season in a playoff run? So, it's just the here and now. Which one would you want to roll with? And I would still have the Leafs. I had them at number four. I still feel pretty confident with that. You know, I if I had to pick my top center duos in the NHL, I think Matthews and Tavares is at the top of the peak still. And then there's still a, t- I mean, look, Nylander Marner. I wonder if Marner gets enough credit for being a guy that in his early 20s already, you know, a couple seasons where he was on pace for 90 plus points. And I like the additions they made in their bottom six as well. I think Jimmy Vesey is going to be pretty good for them. Uh, but that's why I had Toronto ranked where they were. So thanks for the comment, Hockey Rock Beer. Again, nice. Ray says, yeah, I think Jets at nine is fair. Washington and Winnipeg were a toss-up for me. Prefer Washington center depth, but clearly between those two for nine and ten. I think that's fair, Ray. And good to hear from you again. longtime faithful listener, Ray, on the big show. Uh, yeah, I mean, I thought it was pretty close. For me, the Jets' edge just came to age. I'll, I'll roll with um, the Jets' High-end guys being a little bit younger going into this season compared to some of the great beards out in Washington for why I like the Jets better than the Caps. All right, let's keep it going here. Rob Pepper says, yep, Jets about right. Oilers and Pitt a little high while Vegas is too low. There were a couple comments here about Vegas being a little bit too low. Jay Ross as well said that I thought he'd have Vegas a little bit higher and possibly ahead of the Jets. Now, the thing with the Golden Knights is I love their team. Like, they might they might be a top three team in the NHL this season. For me, easily top five. But their forward core is not as intimidating as it's been, even if you just want to compare it to last year, because they didn't replace Paul Stasny whatsoever. Like, they still got to find that guy on their team. I don't think it's Chandler Stevenson, although he was really good since they picked him up from Washington. Cody Glass, Winnipegger, could, he could be that guy as early as this year, but we just haven't seen him a whole lot at the NHL level. He's still 21, so their center depth, it, it's kind of questionable compared to some of the upper echelon teams in the NHL. So they, they're they good up front, but I, I don't think you can put them near the top 10. If you're looking at just the forward core, the big thing with Vegas too is that so much of what they do offensively derives from the back end. And now that Petrangelo is there with Theodore, they might score as much as anybody in the league, but that's going to be because of their blue line, not because of strictly what they have up front. By the way, we're diving into a mailbag edition on a Friday here on skates and plates of the hockey podcast network. I'm Brandon Rowicki. 
Let's move over to Sid Backus and Yoshibaba. They both want an explanation on my Flyers ranking. I believe they, I believe they're insinuating that I have them a little bit too high. That might be fair. I think I had them at number six, I believe. But look, they do have the rating Selkie Trophy winner in Sean Couturier, a.k.a. the best center from the 2011 draft. Not a big deal. I, I know Winnipeg fans hate when I say that. But it's I think he is better than Mark Scheifele right now. So, I mean, to have Sean Couturier as your number one center, a lot of teams would love to have that. I mean, they might be the deepest team up front in the NHL this season. If Nolan Patrick and Oscar Lindblom, you know, completely different health issues, if they're good to go right out of the gate, I like their group. I, I mean, they might have the best bottom six in the entire NHL. So I, I don't have a problem with having the Flyers where they are, and especially ahead of Pittsburgh because, well, suck at Pittsburgh. Uh, Robert Dick says, Jets too low. Well, guess what? You're too low, Robert. I, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, but they, I, again, a lot of people high on the Jets this year and, and wanted to see them a little bit higher. Two years ago, I would agree. Right now, I'm I'm not so certain. Uh, G to the W says, Curious what percentage of Edmonton's ranking comes from exclusively McDavid and Dreisaitl. I had I had Edmonton one spot ahead of Winnipeg. And I actually answered G to the dub that 99% of Edmonton's ranking comes exclusively from those two players because they might be the two best forwards in the NHL, right? Two of the most potent offensive guys of the NHL at the very least. So it's just, it's tough. Even if you compare them to Winnipeg, you know, Edmonton's high-end forwards aren't great defensively, but so are Winnipeg's. But I'll take—I'll just take the firepower that McDavid and Dreisaitl will have over the other teams that are below them on the list here. At T Kona J, T Kona J says, if you're ranking it only on goals, okay, top three, all-around best. I would have Van and Washington ahead as well. Jets probably around 12th or 13th. I think that's—I mean, I think it's fair. I, I had Winnipeg ahead of Vancouver and Washington, but I can't necessarily disagree with that. Uh, three more here before we get to our big interview with Chris Graves of the Kings head. Uh, let's see. We got Andy who says, is it crazy to add Cole Perfetti to the wing? It would drop Harkins out of the lineup, or maybe you trade Roslovic for a second pairing defenseman. Like you and Hustler mentioned back in episode number one, I do like the Blake Wheeler at center lineup. So Andy, I would I would agree with all of that right there. I think to start the season for sure, Cole Perfetti is going to be on the Winnipeg Jets. And it's not going to shock me to see him on the third line. Not sure who might be his centerman, but I think he's going to be on the wing on the third line to start the season. And the Jets could just see what they have in him. And you make a decision after nine games. I don't think there's any problem with that whatsoever. If he makes it, great. If he doesn't, he's an 18-year-old kid. That's going to be a great NHL player for a long time, but it's just going to have to happen a little bit later than he'd like it. There's just It's tough to get a sense, though, because we don't know what the roster size and all that's going to be like. I will say this about Cole Perfetti, though. Just don't be shocked if he finds a way to play this entire season with the Winnipeg Jets. I'm not going to say that he is. Just don't be shocked by it. Because remember, he was as high as you know, fourth or fifth overall in a bunch of different prospect rankings, a bunch of different mock drafts going into last, I was going to say last June, whatever the draft was, he was considered a top five prospect. And those guys make the NHL, you know, more often than not in their rookie season. So I'm, I'm excited to see what the kids going to have. And, you know, if the world juniors gets underway, 
Maybe that gives you a little glimpse of what he could bring to the Winnipeg Jets lineup this season. Uh, the frugal fan says for hustler to say back to our combo with us, um, for us to say there isn't a close second to Wendy's was just plain offensive. A and W is clearly second and not far behind. Anywho, when does Wendy's open? So I, yeah, I think that's a fair comment. Frugal fan. I, I would agree. A and W is when it comes to fast food, they're pretty top notch. And it's funny. You know what they do that maybe separates them from the other fast food joints. They actually season their food. Wow. What a concept. They season their food and not just with like. 4,000 milligrams of sodium. Like there's a little bit of pizzazz that goes into what they do. So I do appreciate that from A&W. And finally, last one here from Drumzan. And Drumzan says, great podcast, Brandon. Thank you. <laughs> However, there's one glaring omission I'm disappointed about. Whoop, there it is. Is it included? For shame. Well, Drumzan, that will not be a mistake on episode number three. Party people! Yeah! Tag team music in full effect. That's me, DC, the brain supreme, and my man Steve Rowland. Uh, uh. <laughs> the reason Drums End brings this up, and it's funny because I've always thought, and I've had this theory, I will until some team's smart enough to do it, but to me, whoop, there it is. That to me is a legendary goal song in the making. It's got that like chanting aspect that I think it, it would just sound so good to see all of Bell MTS plays. It's going to happen. Remember that I was the one that came up with it, okay? <laughs> so just don't forget me when Womb There It Is becomes the best goal song in NHL history. So, yeah, that, that's all the comments here. So thanks so much, guys. I mean, that was, that, that was a lot to get to on the first show, so I appreciate it. Make sure you hit me back up. We'll do it again on next Friday, and on Tuesday's show, we're going to talk Jets defensemen, so I know you guys will have a ton of comments about where I have them and what you're expecting out of the Jets blue line this season. But without further ado, let's move over to the plates portion of Skates and Plates. Very pleased now to be joined with Chris Graves, the owner of the King's Head Pub. Chris, how's it going tonight? It's going good, Brandon. Thanks for having me, man. It's a, uh, it's, it's a little bit apocalyptic out there right now, but oh uh, the streets are a little bit barren, but uh, that's probably a good sign, I'd say, right now. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll take that. That's about as good as it gets right now in Winnipeg. Before we, we dive into everything that the King's Head Pub is doing right now, I feel like I have to ask you, especially just kind of combing over some of your social media and Instagram and all that, uh, but how is the beard game going right now? Is the beard game still going strong? What's your current look at? Yeah, you know what? It is going very strong right now. <laughs> the unfortunate part is, is that I haven't been able to get to an actual barber in a while. So uh, my my daughter, who's 12 years old, uh, took the liberty of grabbing a pair of scissors the other day to give it a little bit of a trim uh, to cut to cut off some of the dead ends, I guess. So uh, yeah, it's it's about halfway down in the chest right now. Uh, I did say that I was not going to shave it until the end of this pandemic. So uh, we could be looking at a pretty long beard yeah. right now. 
Well, yeah, well, let's hope it gets shaved off ASAP, first off. Yeah, but also wondering, if do you have any tips for people like me who are forever stuck in the, the stubble or the patchy phase on, on how to make the facial hair actually look presentable? Well, unfortunately, I think it's in my genes. Yeah. I literally have had a, uh, I've had a full beard basically since I was like 16. I was, you know, I was pretty proud of it back in the day because that was the one that, uh, you know, the kids would always like say, hey, why don't you go try to buy something from the vendor? But I wouldn't do that because that was illegal. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I did, I will say this, but I actually recently uh, decided to invest in an actual beard straightener, uh, which is essentially uh, uh, a ceramic straightener. I use a lot of beard balm and beard oil in my beard, uh, but she still gets a little bit frizzy and twisted up in the old winter months. That is awesome. I'm, I'm always yeah. down for personal grooming, taking it to the extreme, so I'm, <laughs> I'm with you all the way, even if I can't do it myself. So like we mentioned, owner of the King's Head Pub, I, I guess we have to start with this. Some of the best stories in the restaurant biz involve how somebody came to own a bar or a pub. Do you have an interesting story there? How did how did it all become about? Because I think you've owned the King's Head for three years, correct? Yeah, that's right. I had my three-year anniversary on November 1st. Well, congrats. Uh, yeah, well, thank you very much. It's a uh, it's not how I thought my three-year anniversary would be. <laughs> But say, uh, you know what, I'll take it right now. Uh, it's, you know, it is kind of an interesting story, and sometimes these stories kind of are a little bit intriguing, especially when you buy these, like, your independently owned businesses. So uh, the old owner of the King said his name is Jay, Jay his name is, not Mark, he's still with us, <laughs> Jay Kanuja. Uh, but, you know, I actually am from the Maritimes. I'm, a, I'm an East Coast guy. So uh, years ago, I came to Winnipeg, met some great people, uh, then ventured my way back to the East Coast and came back to Winnipeg. And uh, I had a job where I was doing a lot of traveling across Western Canada. And I ended up actually finding the Kingshead because the Kingshead kind of became my home. Because being a Maritimer, mm-hmm. you know, it's very important to find a pub or find that tavern that you can kind of hang your hat. And uh, so when I would fly in at night, my family would all be nestled in their beds asleep. And uh, I'd make my way down to the King's Head, and that's sort of how it all happened. And uh, on one night, I think I had a few Chardonnays, and I just <laughs> looked at the, the owner. He was here, and I said, hey, if you ever want to sell the King's Head, you just let me know. And uh, that's sort of how it all happened. It was a crazy kind of scenario. I grew up in this industry. This was the business that sort of I cut my teeth in. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's been, it's been a ride. I can tell you that it has been amazing. Uh, these last, you know, eight months have, have been, uh, have been opening uh, for a lot of people, especially in our industry. So, but you know what? I, this is the, uh, this is the bed that I made. This is the bed I lie in and I absolutely love this industry. That's awesome. What a great story. And I can tell you from experience, that's a much better drunk purchase than many I've made in the past. So you, <laughs> you're doing pretty well for yourself there, at least. Yeah, that's right. Sometimes you wake up and you got to go through your credit card purchases <laughs> to see what you did the night before. Yeah, it's absolutely true. Now, I, listen, I did leave out a little, uh, quite a bit of stuff in between there, uh, <laughs> but we'll save that for another day. Fair enough, fair enough. Now, you mentioned the, the community and how the Kings had maybe felt like home for you right off the bat. I was combing through your Instagram, or I should say the Kings had Instagram page today, and what stood out to me was just this outpouring of support that both you 
and the Kings had have received over the last couple of months here. Can you just explain what's that been like having that? Yeah, you know what? It's been uh, it's been pretty overwhelming emotionally. I'm a pretty stoic individual, uh, but this has been uh, like I would say, you know, a true emotional roller coaster. And you know, our industry is is really hurting. I mean, we have we have no passive income, right? So we our income is when we're open, and so it's been a little it's been very tough. So. The support of, of Manitobans and, and Winnipeggers has been absolutely unreal. I, in the very beginning when we shut down, uh, I had you know I got this letter in the mail from this uh, from a senior citizen who uh, who gave us a check and said that she wanted to make sure that we're okay. And somebody has never actually set foot in the King's Head. Um, we've had other circumstances where I've had people come in and order pickup and delivery. Uh, and just hand me a card with money in it so that it should give me to my staff. I've had patrons come in and throw big tips on their bills for, for us and the staff. So it's just been absolutely crazy. But the one thing that, is, uh, that's, that probably is at the forefront for sure is, you know, I mean, it's out there now and people know that we, we had to sell our house uh, and inject some cash into the business so we could continue to survive. And uh, my real estate agent found that out and uh, donated a lot of her commission back uh, into the King's Head. So that's just like local people supporting local business. And it is truly felt, I mean, absolutely crazy. Yeah. And, you know, I I kind of hesitated to bring it up, um, but... For for those that haven't seen it in such a crappy year, it really is one of the better stories that I've seen, especially here in, in the city of Winnipeg. I mean, the community here just has such big hearts. Yeah, for sure. I mean, just to cut out, you know, just finish that point too. I mean, it was her name is Nicole Hacko, and she is she was a real estate agent, and it was one of those things. I literally woke up and I saw it the next day, and it was truly not expected. So. One of the things that I fell in love with about Winnipeg, uh, being from the East Coast, is that the values are very much the same, very intrinsic. And, man, we do love on our local businesses and our local people. So that's been pretty amazing. And so I'm proud. Like, I call Winnipeg my home, and I'm proud to be a Winnipegger. I really am. Uh, and, yeah, and so, you know, again, you know, one of We've actually come to really actually feel that this next word I'm going to say is a little bit more annoying now than anything, but we really had to pivot, and we've had to pivot over and over again. I saw this on your website, and it, it really, really makes me smile. It's, it's heartwarming. It's the sweetest thing ever. You guys are selling holiday dinner packages, correct? Can you maybe just explain that and what that's all about? So, yeah, so we, we're trying to sell some holiday dinner packages right now, so one with one thing we try to do is you can actually buy this package and you can cook it at your own place. So always for me, growing up in a family that was, you know, very important, you know, you sit around the dinner table, stuff like that. It's nice to be able to prepare a meal together. And so what we wanted to do is put together a package where we, you know, we'll give you a turkey and a nice home baked pie and stuff like that. But for the most part, you got to put this whole dinner package together and because of where we are right now, and we're in smaller groups, and we're celebrating, you know, the holidays in smaller groups, uh, we have like a nice, perfect-sized turkey for you know that family of you know two to six, mm-hmm. 
And, uh, yeah, that's what we're going with right now. So it's been really encouraging. We've sold a lot so far. And, uh, yeah, we're, we're very encouraged at the way that that's going, too. That's great to hear. And and if you haven't picked up, I know we're a couple weeks away from Christmas still, but if you haven't picked up the turkey yet, I implore everyone listening, find a way, contact the King's Head Pub online and get a holiday turkey package. By the way, it also comes with a surprise. You had me hooked there. What uh, Do you want to maybe unveil a little bit of that, or is that going to be... Wow. Is that going to be something that you have to purchase to find out what it is? Well, you got to purchase yeah. it to find out the surprise. <laughs> now, it's not like me coming to the door at Christmas caroling, because that would be the worst thing ever. But <laughs> it is going to be something a little bit different. It's nothing too crazy, but it's just a little bit of extra, a little bit of extra love that we're going to throw in the package for you. So uh, even my staff, I won't even tell them what it is. <laughs> wow. Okay. All right. I am hooked. I, I want in. <laughs> you are offering takeout and delivery at the moment. You're not using a third-party delivery system right now. Could you explain why it was so important to make that decision? Yeah, I mean, for us, it's in, you know, since we actually ended up shutting down, which was in the beginning, so March 16th is when we initially shut down, it was important, very important for me to keep my staff engaged and keep them involved in the business. And for us, you know, in this particular scenario, we decided to create our own in-house delivery system where we're actually bringing the food to people who normally would be brought to like prior from our servers and our bartenders at their table. So we have this system now where you go onto our website at kset.ca. It's very easy to be set up and you go through it and you order it. It literally comes and dings here at the Kingshead. And then I dispatch it to all of our servers and, drive, and bartenders that are driving. And the main reason is because we want to keep them engaged and involved in the business. And the other reason is, is that, you know, third-party apps, they take a huge significant piece of the pie. And in this type of scenario, in this case, where we can't be open or we can't make uh, money at all, then we need to try to cut the cost everywhere we possibly can. So this has been a good way for us to do it. And we've seen a whole bunch of other places have also jumped on that. And oh, nice. uh, that's been really encouraging. And, like, it's been awesome to see. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I've seen that online. And it's good to know that you spearheaded the cause because I – look, for people like myself that aren't in the restaurant business or aren't in the, the local culinary scene, some of those third-party systems – I, like it's it's tough because you almost in a way feel like you maybe have to be involved in that, but they're just so destructive in terms of how much money they take away from you guys. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, you know, even just financially, I mean, they take anywhere from about twenty five to thirty percent, depending Jeez. on where that is. And when you're running like a pro, a food margin of about thirty percent, that's pretty tough to take, right? I mean. It's, uh, it's one of those things where, you know, I understand. And, I mean, when we're operating and we're going full blast inside, having that as sort of the, an extra add-on value where people are going to be able to get to taste some of your food that maybe haven't before, yeah, it's a great idea. But when that is all you're doing and that's it, it is a, uh, it's, it's just financially not feasible at all for, for many restaurants to do that. So I encourage people right now, there are at least about 100 to 110 different local restaurants in Winnipeg uh, that are offering their own in-house delivery system. And so it's really nice to be able to use that and participate in that. 
Now, I want to jump into the rest of your food menu here. Is it fair to say that what you have on the menu for takeout and delivery, would you call it just straight-up classic English pub food? Yeah, it's a lot of English pub food. One of the things that we're really known for is our curry dishes. Uh, Jay was Jay, who I bought the pub from. Uh, he is, uh, you know, basically Trinidadian descent. Oh. So the curry dishes are extremely authentic, like from his, you know, basically his mother's recipes. And so we've just kept that going. And so our butter chicken is probably one of the best that you can probably get in this city. Uh, even things like butter chicken poutine is absolutely delicious. And we have actually something that we just recently released on the menu. And this has something to do with my heart. It is a true East Coast maritime donair. And so it, it's, a, it's very authentic. It's got that nice spicy beef with a nice sweet sauce. I definitely recommend giving that sucker a try, too, because it's absolutely delicious. I will not let you know what the calories are in that. I, I got a big-time beef with calorie counts on, on any kind of menu. I, I know yeah. it's not great for me for the most part, so let's just, let's just push, that, let's push that behind closed doors and we'll just enjoy <laughs> the, the good-tasting food. If you're worried about it, just eat half of it. <laughs> yeah, and then the other <laughs> half for tomorrow. It's perfect. Yeah, exactly. So are, are you involved with the, the recipe making? Is there a head chef? Like, just how, how does that all work behind the scenes of the kitchen? Yeah, oh, yeah, I'm totally involved in that for sure, especially when it comes to creating new dishes and things like that as well. But uh, our chef, uh, who's actually been here for 20 years now, so he's also very well-versed in making a lot of our dishes and things like that. The, the ingredients and the recipe for the curries are sort of locked up in a safe, uh, literally, like that's how secret these recipes really? are. Yeah, like no doubt. And you got to, like, it's hilarious. Like, it, you're looking at it on the recipe. It's old school. Uh, a lot of the pages are tattered and they're a little bit ripped up and stuff like that. But it's, uh, it's, part, of, it's part of the nostalgia of the king's head, I can tell you that. So, but, yeah, I'm very involved. I'm involved in the kitchen. I'm involved in the front of house uh, as much as I possibly can. I mean, we are a very, very tight, close family. That's just how we run it, and that's how we are. So, no one person is better than the other. We're all on the same level. I mean, I, I call myself a glorified barback around here when we're, <laughs> when we're running. So, Well, I'll tell you what, that family atmosphere, it certainly rubs off in the restaurant being there in the past. So you can taste it in the food and you can taste it whenever we can get back into the King's Head pub, hopefully sooner rather than later. So I was going to yeah. ask this, but I think you might have touched on it for me. Most popular menu item or your favorite menu item, would that be either the butter chicken or one of the curries, or is it something else? Yeah, so, I mean, I, am a, I like my curries. I like things hot. So our vindaloo is really good. I mean, it's a pretty flavorful, hot type of a curry. That's really good. But you know what I'm going to say? If, if you want to try one of our signature just dishes, it's definitely our butter chicken. It's either It's going to either be the butter chicken roti, or the butter chicken dinner, which comes with rice and non bread, or even our butter chicken poutine, which is delicious. But you definitely got to try the donair as well. So I've always wondered this. I've I've had them sparingly, uh, not being from out east. But what goes into donair sauce? Because it's if you haven't had it, it's kind of <laughs> tough to explain. Well, you know what the the secret ingredient. Is uh, is a little bit. There's actually some condensed milk in, in right, the sauce. Right, right. 
So that's what kind of gives it the sweetness. And there's a few other little things in there, too. There's that, you know, you should have a little bit of, of grittiness or a little bit of gristle in there, too. So there's a few other things they add. But really, pretty much, you add a little condensed milk in there. And it's, uh, but it's how you, the meat is so important. It's how you actually make the beef. That's very important. It takes a long time to do it properly. So uh, that's, a, that's an important part, too. All right. Good to know. Good to know. Yeah. I, I wanted to ask you this just because I saw it and it, it caught my eye more than anything else. And maybe you can help explain it for me if that's cool. Sure. What does a cheese log for 60 people look like? <laughs> that's hilarious. It literally, <laughs> think, think of it as like a really big, huge piece of Philadelphia cream cheese in a way. Oh my but what heavens. we do is we actually form a few other cheeses in there, and it's like an actual cheese mold in a way. And, uh, yeah, you sit there, we throw that up there with a bunch of crackers and some bread and stuff like that. Honestly, a lot of people laugh because we call it the cheese log. It's a very, like, kind of English way of saying cheese and crackers. Oh. But that's, that's, that's kind of what we do. That, that's the that's the fancy pretentious way, right? A hundred percent. You want cheese and crackers? I'll give you a cheese log. There you go. Bye. You know, and I was I was joking with my wife, like joking, not joking. But I legitimately think that that cheese log would be the best Christmas present my dad could ever ask for. Oh, listen, a hundred percent. I'd love to be able to make it and take it. That would be awesome. So, so if anyone if anyone's out there that has an old man like I do, or if you're just a cheese fanatic, th- this is the go. And you have you have both a, I, I guess a twenty five person one and a sixty person one, correct? Yeah, that's right. There's a twenty five and a sixty. But if you, I always say, you're gonna go big. You better go big yes. and do the 60-person one because it's just absolutely killer. And maybe throw in a bottle of wine there, too. You never know. You might need it. That's all. Oh, <laughs> I mean, it's pretty much mandatory at that point. Yeah, I'm glad you brought it up, too, because you all you, you do sell wine for, for takeout delivery, correct? Yeah, absolutely. And then you also have a bunch of, I mean, of course, because it's pretty clear that you're a big-time beauty, that you got a bunch of local beer as well that you can sell. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one of the things that we wanted to do as well, because we're down in the exchange, so we're right downtown. We also wanted to make sure we featured some nice local beers right around us, too. So we carry some nice non-such beers, and uh, we carry Little Brown Jug as well. And, of course, Torque, because we have a great relationship with Torque Brewing. Love Torque. But, yeah, pretty much everything we have right now is just all local beers that we try to promote. So it's important for us. You know, being a local company, it's important to promote local beer. Uh, you know, I'm not saying that it's not right to have, like, Molson products and stuff. That's totally fine. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, we, we get a lot of local support, so we're trying to do the local support as much as we can, too. And can I think I'm pronouncing this right. Can you, can you explain what Sweet Baby Jables hot sauce is? Oh, yeah, man, that stuff is killer. The Sweet Baby Jables is actually made in-house by one of our bartenders. And so he actually makes a nice hot sauce, makes it from scratch. It's absolutely delicious. It's got a really nice flavor to it. Like, it's got some good heat to it. But uh, one of the things that we do with his hot sauce is our hot wings are actually tossed in his hot sauce. We don't just use the regular plank. We use the Baby Jables hot sauce, and it's absolutely delicious. And the reason it's called... Sweet Baby Jables is because that has something to do with his nickname. And if you buy a, if you buy a bottle, he has his, uh, this picture of himself when he was a kid showing off one of his pipes. 
So it's pretty it's pretty epic and hilarious. Now I I want to ask a few Jets related questions before we before we bounce here. <laughs> yeah. And you can tell me if I'm right or wrong on this, but when I've always thought of the King's Head, the first person that comes to mind is Dustin Bufflin. Yes. Now, unfortunately, doesn't look like he's coming back anytime soon. He's probably no. enjoying life down in Minnesota right now. But were there any big buff sightings at the King's Head over the past few years? Oh, totally. A hundred percent, man. They would, uh, Big Buff would come in. Uh, and I mean, I'll keep a few because Big Buff isn't with us anymore. So we can kind of keep a few of the other guys on the down low. Okay. All right. But, oh, yeah. They, they would make their way down here. I mean, he would, uh, you know, he'd come in with his, you know, hat on tight down across his face. Put his head down, but yeah, we did lots of sightings uh, of uh, Buffalo around St. Patrick's Day and things like that, and a few other times. But oh man, always great. They were always awesome, super respectful. Uh, always people trying to come up and buy them drinks and stuff like that too. So yeah, we always try to shield them a little bit away from that. But yeah, absolutely, there was uh, a lot of that. He was always good, always awesome, very kind. Were there any big buff stories that stand out to you first time there? Uh, yeah, I mean, there was one, I mean, there was one time when we had a few people that were pretty, were mauling the table pretty good. And I think he was sort of maybe at the end of his rope, to be honest with you, was actually when he was, uh, when he was injured, one of his seasons, he was pretty injured. So he, uh, he didn't really want any attention or anything like that. So, uh, he just pulled me over and he used a couple choice words and he just said, can you make sure they, you know, uh, bop, bop, you know, bleep, bleep, blah, 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 stay away from me. And I was like, yeah, man, sure, no problem, bud. <laughs> yeah, anything for you, buff. And that was it, right? So, yeah, I mean, we we love, I mean, you know, I love having the Jets in Winnipeg. It's awesome. I mean, hey, we love showing the games here at the pub yeah. as well. Um, I made the worst mistake I ever could have done last, last year, and I feel terrible about it. I was sitting at the bar, and I was sitting with a good buddy of mine, and I put 20 bucks down on the table. I said, you mark my words, and I'm going to apologize to him right now if he actually does listen to this, but I'm going to say, you mark my words, Hellebuck is going to be benched after eight games. <laughs> no. Oh, I totally did, man. That was before the season even started. I was just trying to make a quick 20 bucks. You know, next thing you know, he's the best trophy winner, so I was done. <laughs> well, the good news is that now I, I think you could be a jinx for hire, so maybe do you want to just mention on air Patrick Liney will – Patrick Lyon will not score 40 goals. Nick Ehlers oh, will not be 60. Is there anything else you want to you jinx for us before the season starts? Oh, yeah, absolutely right. Yeah, Lyon is not even going to get to 20 this year. Yes. I guarantee it. I got 20 bucks right now on the table that says that. I am I am currently placing a bet on Lyon to win the heart because of that, so thank you. Yeah, no problem. Now, you mentioned there showing the Jets games, and it's a big part of the Kings Head Pub. I noticed that back in the spring, which feels like forever ago, you had some drink specials and things like that. Have you looked ahead to what your plans might be like if the Jets get back on track, say, late January, February? Any any plans that you might throw into place once the NHL gets back into the swing of things? Oh, absolutely. I mean, we'll definitely be doing some specials for sure. Probably a little bit of tweak on the ones that we did before, but... We want, uh, we want people to come in and have some nice local beers, so we always throw kind of a local beer special with some food. I know we were doing like a burger and a pint last year for 15 bucks. We were doing burger and wings, uh, or sorry, wings and pints uh, for 10 bucks, and I think we had like our rotis, which are very popular too, and we had those on for 20 bucks. So we'll definitely be doing some specials. We're going to really kind of showcase 
uh, some of our food that we do, like those nice authentic curries. But also, man, you got to have that good old traditional pub food like scotch eggs. And for anybody that has never had a scotch egg, you're missing out. It is absolutely delicious. It's like a boiled egg. you got a little bit of pork rind on the outside that we kind of rub on it. You fry them up, and you serve them with some amazing, like, mango chutney, which is Ooh. absolutely killer, man, like super good. The scotch egg is it's on my bucket list. I've always been fascinated by it, but I've never had it. Yeah, you got to try a scotch egg. I mean, it's, uh, it's just how it's all put together. It's pretty tasty, but you're, it's, it's, a glorified, it's a glorified hard-boiled egg but it's pretty damn good. All right, so we like to wrap up our interviews here with a fun little bit, and I'll just ask you this. What would be the King's Head version of the perfect Jets game day item? Oh, my God, man. Like, you know, it definitely would have to be, uh, it would have to be a, a, a pint of beer somewhere. And, I, and I, I picture it like this. You know you know how they give away the helmet. The helmet always goes to the best player of the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Who is the most impactful? Man, it should be a one-liter pint, a local beer that says King's Head all over it, and they have to just crush that bad boy right there in front of everybody. That's how it should be. Well, I'll cheers to that, <laughs> and I can't wait till the time that, you know, myself and everybody else can come down there and make that a possibility. Chris, thanks so much for joining us. This was, this was a blast. It was a ton of fun. Before I let you go, can you just let the people know where they need to go whether it's takeout, delivery, any information you want to get out there to let all our listeners know how they can help support the King's Head. Absolutely. you just got to go right to our website. It's very simple and easy, kingshead.ca, and you'll see there's a place where you hit takeout and delivery. Our holiday packs are there. Our gift cards are there. We've got some swag on there as well. Anything you can do to help and anything you can do to support other businesses and local restaurants, it's so important right now. Try to, uh, try to refrain from the Amazons right now and try to buy local if you possibly can. That would be the best help that you can do right now. Buy local, shop local, eat local. Chris, thanks so much for joining us here today. It was an absolute blast, man. Hey, Brandon. Thanks a lot for having me, man. I absolutely appreciate it. Man, Chris is such a great guy. And, and again, thanks so much for joining us. And look, I feel like if you've been to Winnipeg, if you live in Manitoba somewhere, at some point in time, you've had a great time down at the King's Head. You may or may not have remembered it. Um, but in that vein, hopefully we're able to help them out, especially during the holiday season. So again, if you're still looking for a holiday dinner, they can hook you up there with one of their packages. And if you're like me and you want to get someone the best present ever, get after that $60 cheese log and some hot sauce, right? How does it get better than that? All right, well, that does it for me here. Um, we'll look ahead to Tuesday's episode now. We're going to continue our state of the franchise rankings by seeing where the Jets sit in the NHL when it comes to defensemen. Oh, boy. I think <laughs> I think it's fair to say it's not going to be as rosy as it was with the forwards. So make sure you tune in to see if you agree with where I have the Jets situated on the back end. Spoiler alert. Yeah, they're not getting out of the bottom 10, but we'll see just how fall they have fallen or maybe how much they've improved going back to last season. And a big, big time guest will join us on Friday's episode. We'll tease that on Tuesday, but I'm super, super jacked up about this. So make sure you listen Tuesday to find out who's coming on Friday. But that's it for me. It's time to go change some diapers and not get any sleep. 
Uh, but it's with the two most beautiful girls on the planet. So it's all good. So again, thanks for listening, everyone. Peace.